it's the next level. I should also probably mention that my name's not technically Sean. What? What is it? It's Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi? No, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang. Shan. Shang. Shan. S-H-A-N-G. Shang. Shang? Yeah. You change your name from Shang to Sean? Yeah, I don't... I wonder, yeah. how, I wonder how your father found okay, you. I was 15 years old, all right? What is what is your name change logic? You going into hiding okay. and your name is Michael? You want to change it to Michael? That's, that's not what happened. It's, it's like, hi, my name's Gina. I'm going to go into hiding. My new name's Gina. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can hear me. Hey, panelers. Welcome to the show. I'm Steve. And I'm Mark. And today we have a spoilerful podcast of Marvel, Disney's Shang-Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mark, why don't you give us a synopsis that was given to us from IMDb? Awesome. So the synopsis states from IMDb, Shang-Chi, the master of weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. I hmm. don't... That's not... Like, okay, I guess. It, 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 that's, <laughs> it that literally like gives nothing away. <laughs> nothing away, but the, the funny thing is, is I'm wondering what Disney's was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I just pulled it out of IMDb. But it, that's it fine. Is, it is funny that, that they, you know, some of these IMDb things give a whole bunch away, and then others, you know, you you get like nothing. And so this is one of those ones where it, it's a bare bones. I mean, it's kind of a, the weaponry based master of weaponry based Kung Fu. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I really don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I questioned that when I first, cause I was like, we don't really see him use a weapon until the 10 they, rings gets on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, until he goes to China, to China, right. Cause then, then we see, or Japan, was it why am I getting China? This? China. Okay. Before until they go to China, you know, we don't see him even handle a weapon. And then we only see it with him as a kid that he was handling, mm -hmm. that he was taught to fight with weapons. And then, like you said, then when, once he gets the 10 rings, but I think we do see him fight with that pole thing in the battle, I think, or spear or something. But yeah, then he with goes, the dragon. Yeah. But then he goes back to hand to hand, but then he goes back to hand to hand and he, he's pretty much in. So that is an interesting, I don't know. Somebody got very creative. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or somebody who read the comics but didn't actually see the movie. Maybe that's uh. possibly. Yeah, or or somebody who's just an avid comic fan and said, "Hey, I'm going to write my own." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but to, before we move into our top five discussion, uh, sure. What were your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts is uh, seeing it for the first time. I watched this like a good two or three times, and. Honestly, I, I didn't go to see it in the theater. I watched it on, on the IMAX through Disney Plus through my OLED TV. And anyone who isn't a Marvel fan can actually watch this movie and enjoy it, I think. Oh, yeah. There were definitely a few elements within the movie that referenced the MCU. But overall, if somebody was like really into martial arts, kung fu, 
or any of that. They love Bruce Lee. They they could enjoy this film as a standalone movie unto itself with a fantasy element mixed in with some like uh you know mystery and all that good stuff that they do. Yeah. And 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 it works out and I really enjoyed it from very beginning to very end because it had all the qualities of, you know, humor, action, a little bit of suspense in it. And there is a backstory, so they actually fill us in on what's going on. And then the imagery itself really amazed me because it just reminded me of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon at certain points, too. Yes, yes. That for me, I definitely got Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon vibes from it. Uh, I loved it. I did go see it in the theater the, for the first mm-hmm. time. And then I watched it streaming a, a second time before we've, we've recorded. Um, so, and when I watched it in the theater, there was one little thing that I'll talk about later in my, in my notes that, uh, that, it kind of took me out of it a couple of times in the theater, but I really, I was able to get past it on this, this rewatch. But the thing that occurred to me earlier today was really the, the representation, the Asian representation is, is just amazing. It's, it's, it's something we don't have a lot of mm-hmm. in cinema today. And so to see that diversity that we got to see here, I think was really, really cool. And, and I loved it in the theater. I loved it watching it again. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. This is going to be one of those ones. I don't know where I'd rank it at this point. Cause I haven't, I need to go back and rewatch all, what are they now? 20, if we include internals, it's 26. Something I think like that. close to 28 now. 20, yeah. 26, 27. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know where I'd rank it in there, but it's definitely uh, up to, up towards the top of, of my rankings uh, for Marvel films. Yeah, it ranks up high up there with me with like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Guardians, and well, definitely Endgame, and like a bunch of the other movies that are up there. If it it would fit in my top ten at this point, and I'm sure that Marvel's gonna wind up doing something to kick that out of the <laughs> park at that point too. It's like nope, it's getting kicked out of your top ten now. Oh but, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I. I really had a good time watching it when I when it first, you know, I wasn't able to get to the theater. So when this came and dropped, I was able to see it and really sink my teeth into it and enjoy it. Now, my do very different from the comic itself, because uh, the Mandarin and the Ten Rings were literally ten rings on his fingers in the comic. In this case, there are rings around him that are mystical, which were really cool. And I really liked that and enjoyed that. Well, with that, I think we should get into our top five. Oh, yeah, definitely. We could move on and go into more discussions about the movie. I'll start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just love – it's one of those things that we've talked about before with all these Marvel movies so far. Except for – now, I'm, I'm going to keep – I don't want to reference it too many times. I'm just going to say Eternals – just, without spoiling anything for anybody, Eternals mm-hmm. kind of breaks the mold. I'm just going to let people know. Really? Just, just, yeah, it kind of breaks the mold. It's a little different. I loved it. I really, I can't wait until you see it and we can talk about it. But uh, so, okay. but Marvel has, they have a, this great way of blending, uh, you know, comedy, action, and and heart. And so the, the family dynamic, the family, the different family dynamics uh, is kind of what I want to talk about first because I, I love had you know there at the end in in Taolo is that what it was Cal- Taolo Taolo right 
Talo. Talo. Okay. Uh, anyway, we get to hear a little bit of, of Katie's backstory where she's talking about her, her mom kind of in a humorous way. Her mom, you know, called her a backslider and lazy and that she always gave up on things, mm-hmm. you know, so we got to he- kind of hear that. And then we, we see the relationship between uh, Shang and his sister. That's another thing that it just broke my heart when she's talking about how when he left and how, you know, he said he'd be back in a week or three days, whatever it was that he said. And she said she waited those three days and that that turned into weeks and that turned into months and that turned into years until I finally realized he's not coming back and I had to strike off on my own I just it just broke my heart to hear her say that and you can see how much he regretted never coming back for her and then we also get the father revealing that he's known where both of them were the entire time he's always kept tabs with him he always knew where they were until that moment when he was going to come snatch them back so i i thought it was it was great and all the different family dynamics that we got but uh, was really what touched me first off yeah it was it, definitely with the, the the way they actually touch on you know a screwed up family <laughs> Literally, it is a screwed up family. Well, yeah. I mean, he watched his mom get killed by by mobsters. The father mm-hmm. blames him. There's all these things going on. And then at the end, when they or towards the end there, when they find out that their mother actually did go back to Taolo, or no, she she they brought her body back to Taolo, mm-hmm. and that they have family there that's been waiting for them is yes. is so cool to hear. Yeah, and Wenbu was trying to find that hidden city too originally, and that's mm-hmm. how he fell in love with the mother. Uh, I that that was a great love story because you could see that she knew he was not great, a great guy because of what he has done, and especially with his pom- how pompous he was in saying it's like, oh, you don't know who I am. What is wrong with you? And then she, you know, basically sets him straight, and then that's what you know where they fell in love. And it's a great love story, too. And the fact that he still had that love for her, mm-hmm. and he still believed those demon voices that were calling out to him, which really was disturbing. But that's where we get this tragic story, and that's why at the very end, it kind of cleans up. So it doesn't make the Mandarin look like such an evil villain that he was portrayed in in the comics as compared to what it is now within this cinematic universe. And I think it adds to the storytelling, and it was adapted very well. Now, mind you, it's a one-off. We're not going to see him in any Iron Man movie, obviously, because, this, you know, unless Tony Stark comes back from the dead. But the thing is, is that they actually paid true to that, and that's what I admired about it. Um, that's part of, like, one of my top fives is literally – the fact that they actually adapted it well mm-hmm. and that uh, they try to pay tribute to uh, the previous version that we got because, uh, you know, this was it, – it's pretty funny. Uh, we we get to see – Trevor. Trevor Staley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Trevor Slattery. Yeah. Wasn't Slattery. It? That was – yeah. Slattery, yep. Whatever it was. Yeah. Trevor. Yeah. Got, all yeah. I remember is Trevor. It was Ben Kingsley. Trevor Sir Slattery. Ben Kingsley. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm an actor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, he, he shows up and apparently the Mandarin takes him in. After he gets out of prison or busts him out of prison. Yeah, that's what they he, said. He he when he's talking to Shang and, and his sister in Aquafina there in the in the in the catacombs, he says that that the father came and broke him out of prison to take him prisoner and yeah. was gonna kill him or torture him. But when he saw how his acting skills impressed 
the court kind of thing. He basically like a jester. Yeah, like Katie <laughs> yeah. says, you became his court jester. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, having him as the kind of comedic overtone within that, and it's like, oh look, a headless chicken. It's like mm-hmm. it's not a headless chicken. It's like oh, it's like Morris. Morris. It's like you see him. Oh, I'm not crazy at all. You know, I used to do the drugs. <laughs> it's like. And and the fact that he's able to talk to this uh, this animal too, and and give them some sort of adventure, it's kind of like the uh, oh I forget it from He Man. They had like a character in He Man that I that I detested. He looked like a wizard. I forget it, <laughs> who he was, but uh, but the thing is, he was like the comic relief that was needed, and gave us that that kind of ride that gave us a smile. Because every once in a while he would say something and you you just laugh about it. Same thing with Katie too, because uh, you know I I think she did a great job. She she's an amazing talent as far as with her comedic ta- like the quips everything, and you know it's like uh, when she talks to Sean saying about it's like oh you changed your name from Sean <laughs> to Sean yeah. Yeah, hilarious. That's like saying Michael and saying Michelle. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I've got the quote down at the bottom. It's like, oh, my name was Gina, so I'm going to be called Gina. Gina. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. So the fact that we get, you know, we get that and they, they kind of brush over that. So it's kind of like, let's sweep away the bad idea of the really bad Mandarin we got from Iron Man 3. Kudos to you, MCU, for like making up for like a bad mistake. But at least we get the true Mandarin, and actually, it was done in a very good way. So the writers, I think, did a very good thing in kind of importing, you know, Trevor into the story and being there, as well as uh, being the comic relief within it. And then, and giving even having it coming from Wenwu himself explaining it, how it's like, you know, it's like they named him after an orange chicken, you know, of all things. And I really enjoyed that aspect. And I really did love the idea of uh, Treasure, uh, Trevor Slattery as uh, coming into play within this movie. Yeah, for sure. And um, so I, I, I know you said you got your notes in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of talked around my number five and, and a lot of things. Uh, so what's your number five? That would be n- number That's, five. I'll leave that as my number five. Okay. Okay. So for me, like, let's talk about that that first fight, that fight in the bus there that I thought was, uh, was so cool. I love the reaction of Katie when she sees uh, Sean fight for the first time. Mm-hmm. Sean, or as Sean, he's still Sean at that point, uh, mm-hmm. fight for the first time. And, and she's just amazed. And then she takes over driving the bus. I thought was really, really great. Um, and then, you know, when they get to the club, uh, where the sister is, you know, the, the guy recognizes him and calls him bus boy. And he, he's like, and you're the driver. <gasps> you're great too. You know, so it was really, it was just a cool, that whole fight scene with razor arm and, uh, razor fist or whatever his name is. Uh, uh, I and, forgot. Yeah, I think it was Razor Fist. Actually, yeah. I just had the subtitles on too, and I'm like, yeah. "Are you kidding me? That's actually his name." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was just great, and he's fighting all those guys. Just the, the the choreography of it and the stunts are just really, really cool. Yeah, I, I that's my number four too. Would be all the action scenes that are within the film itself. The bus scene itself is legendary. Honestly, that's what something that amped us to watch the movie because that's what they teased us with. But 
so was the tournament matches with, let's say, Emil Blonsky and Wong. Mm-hmm. And we we get that, so we got the taste of that. But the really cool part of that is that we got to see them in action, and it's it. The cool part of what I got out of it too is when they're in the backstage because you know Wong beats him by using his magic and everything, and Emil has obviously uh, continued to like more for progress. He uh, mutated more, so he's got the ears like we do in the comics. He started to mutate more, so he is the abomination that I was looking for in the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton mm-hmm. in this in this visage. So basically, you know, they just basically mutated him more within the movie, so that way we get what the representation of what we're going to need. We see them move into what looked like something, and we'll get to that later when Wong opens up a portal and they move in, and we'll talk about that a little later with my other notes, but. Also with Shang and his sister. Mm-hmm. And I, how do you pronounce her name? Xiling? I don't know. Zhang Zi, Zings, I don't know. Xiling. Xiling uh, or something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very hard because uh, that that's I don't really want to insult anybody no, with, with no. how I pronounce it, but I'm gonna say Shang's sister. So yeah. that fight with them was amazing within the battle. And the fact that, you know, you realize it's like, hey, she owns this place. Mm-hmm. And the epic battle at the end was amazing. I just loved it. it the battle scenes, all the uh, choreography within it was amazing and how they were able to get these stunts going. And uh, we haven't seen anything like that with like Kung Fu, Karate, or anything like that in a while. And I think they really, you know, hit it out of the park with this one. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. So let's talk a little bit about that final fight. Uh, there with the <laughs> dragons and yep. uh, and all the things that were going on there and with with uh, uh, Sean's father he's punching that wall and, and you know you've got several different battlefronts going on and again I, I know a lot of it was CGI I'm sure it was but still man it was just really really good the way the the way that that one guy uh, the the hard master or taskmaster or whatever the the guy uh, who was th- like the the main villain in that uh, skyscraper fight they had um just gets his soul sucked out and, and just the body drops on the ground and razor fist is like mm, okay yeah maybe we should work together you know yeah, exactly right <laughs> it's like yeah it kind of reminded me of like taser face from guardians mm-hmm. yeah exactly the same same kind of thing there of of them fighting together going and getting those dragon scale things and you know i, I loved how katie got to take that find that shot basically the way I understood it in the second time I watched it was that her arrow shot basically incapacitated the the dragon. And then that allowed Shang and his sister to get it to the to the ground. And then he was able to use his tin rings uh, to actually blow it up. And instead of just push it back through the door this time, as they had done thousands of years before. Yeah, get, uh, destroy it completely. Yeah, he yeah. actually kills it. So that was really, really great. And the father sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. There or getting sacrificed, however you want to put it. Um, well, the turmoil too of when when Wu is trying to open up the dark passage, if mm-hmm. you, if you want to call it that, where this is coming out, and you know he was so devoted of having his wife back. Being it, it was kind of like a horror movie in a sense where he was uh, mysticized or uh, kind of 
given like some sort of like hope that he could bring his wife back and bring his love back to life. That is really where the sadness comes from because it was a devotion to love. Yeah. And somebody was playing on that who was evil. And that that's what his uh, sister-in-law, who looks exactly like his wife, uh, <laughs> was trying to state at that point. You know, she does look a lot like her, too. To me, I, I really enjoyed that in the sense that they gave him some sort of humanity. And with humanity, there are flaws. And with this, they, they were able to create a Mandarin that even though he was kind of like a mobster, he he tried to do things where... Where in Iron Man 3, where they made the Mandarin look like a, a corrupt terrorist. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't a terrorist at all, really. He was basically an opportunist, honestly. And then his wife had changed him, and then things started going on the wayside, and then that's how she passed. And then this was like him trying to get his heart back. You know, and then it was such a sad story. And, you know, for him, it it gives us sympathy to the devil, I guess. Yeah, a little bit, for sure. Yeah. So it was interesting. It it was a a good story twist. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. Very good. So finally, for me, at least, uh, just the fact that Tin Rings will return. I I don't know how long it's going to be before we're going to hit the next (laughs) Shang-Chi movie. It might be 2025. Who knows? I don't know what, I don't know what phase it's going to be in. But I, you know, I loved that aerial shot there at the end, uh, at the the mid credit scene or the, the end credit scene, whichever one it was, uh, where that, that aerial shot where it's pulling back and you see, um, Shang's sister sitting on the throne and she's got Razor Fist and the other guy, her lieutenants are set on either side of her. And then you see the, the men and women training together, which was her whole thing that her father wouldn't let the, the females train. And so we yeah. see now we see males and females training together. together. Uh, yep. and, and so it was really, really cool. And I can't wait, uh, until they're able to tell that story of, you know, and what part is Shang-Chi going to play in future MCU movies. Or MCU on Disney Plus at all, right? Right. Where is he going to fit in? And it's it's they're kind of getting, it's it's, I I, I keep getting torn between I'm I'm excited and I'm worried. I'm like sixty percent excited, forty percent worried, maybe seventy percent excited. I don't know. I can't because I'm worried <laughs> that the MCU is gonna they're gonna end up like the comics. They're gonna, it's gonna get out of control. And oh it, yeah, same here. We've it's already like, there's gonna be so much to learn about each individual in person. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they've opened up the multiverse now with with yep. what if they opened up the multiverse in in no way in Spider Man No Way Home from the trailers we've seen they're gonna open up other things there. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is gonna open things up. Loki opened up a whole range of the multiverse as well. And then there's more things that were opened up by the Eternals. I'm not that I'm not going to spoil for anybody, but <laughs> there's just so many things that there's going to get a point where Kevin Feige is going to have to get a handle on, on it. everything. Uh, or, yeah. Or, yeah. They're, they're not, I can't see any way they can bring all these stories together. Com- yeah. Completely together in one universe. They're going to have to go to a multiverse kind of version to where I, I think that's where Disney Plus comes into play. Mm-hmm. And remember how we left off Falcon and the Winter Soldier with uh Sharon Carter? Think of maybe 
uh, Zaling with her group of people working with Sharon at one point. Maybe they'll merge that yeah, into that. That's possibility. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that are that are out there. You know, we know there are certain things that that Disney's announced. It if you if everybody saw Secret Invasion has actually been announced. Uh, yep. Been oh, a, yep. Yep. A Disney lot of Plus things. Day. I'm not. I'm not spoiling anything because this is just stuff that's been that Disney has announced. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, I don't. I'm not giving anything away about it because I don't know anything about it. On Disney Plus Day, they released a whole bunch of MCU things: She Hulk, Moon Knight. There's all these things that are coming. Mm-hmm. We don't know when. 2022, 2023. How long is Phase? What phase are we in? Phase four. Yeah. Yeah. How long is phase four going to last? What's phase five going to look like? You know, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> uh, are they going to hold off Eternals until phase five? I don't know. Um, so it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff going well, on. Well, we, we got Eternals at yes. this point. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, I mean, bringing them kind of bringing their story back, back into, yeah. Well, they, I, they could incorporate them into another movie. I, again, I don't want to spoil anything. I, no, no, no. So, I'm just saying, so, but they can incorporate, easily incorporate them later on yeah, for another there's, movie. There's some things they could do, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do it. And if you guys really want to know, just call Carol Danvers. Uh, apparently, Bruce has her number. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was no. great. That was that tag. That tag scene was great with Juan yeah. and, and just that there's a beacon in the Tin Ring. So now we have two kind of storylines that the Tin Ring, the next Shang-Chi movie can go yeah. into. So. Uh, yeah, that uh, was all, that was all of my numbers. Have you got anything else in your, in your top fives that you wanted to discuss? Not really. We basically went over everything that I have that was my favorite, you know, you know, basically in a nutshell, the movie basically gave me the same vibes as when I first saw Black Panther or Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it had that where it was able to carry a standalone story for its own then move on to something that was better because there was so much more within the MCU. But we did not expect this with this movie. What's next? We're going to see Jackie Chan come in and say he's his long-lost brother or something? To me, that would be awesome (laughs) to see Jackie Chan in a Marvel movie. But uh, uh, we'll see when that happens. But uh, I have like other things that I I would love to talk about because we're... Yeah, I've only got a couple other things here. We haven't gone very long, so yeah, we let's talk about other things that we noticed within the movie itself. Okay, um, I'll go. I'll go back to mine that I, I kind of mentioned earlier. Is the only criticism I had, and it only was really the first time that I watched it, is because Aquafina looks so young. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, in that, my first viewing when we're seeing her at the bar and they're drinking and, and she's doing things, I was just like, she looks like a little kid. She looks like she's like an, a teenager, uh, but she's actually <laughs> in her thirties. So, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, but it was just one of those things that there was a few, a few places where the, the movie kind of took me out of it with just because she, she looks so young. And then the second time I watched it, though, I was kind of able to get over that once I really understood how old she really is and what's going on. And, and it's, it's kind of that 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 generation of of not I don't want to call them aimless, but there's a generation uh, behind us that is kind of trying to find their way. So yeah. uh, so that that kind of threw me for a little bit. But that that was my only criticism of the movie. And it didn't it didn't last into the second watch. So. Yeah, to me, uh, it was funny, too, because I found it funny that throughout the whole movie, they would always say, it's like even the grandmother said it, 
She goes, oh, your boyfriend. She goes, he's not my boyfriend. He's my friend. Right. And, and even she even says it to him. And, and at the very end, you could see they're just more, they're really good friends. Yeah. It's just a platonic friendship, which I thought was really, I thought was really great. There's movies that would have taken them into a romantic angle. Which and... they didn't have to do with this, which was so no. perfect to me. No, it was great. And and the fact that they incorporated, you know, Wong at the very end, having a drinking and doing karaoke at night. And <laughs> yeah. to me, that was awesome. I love that. I loved it. I want to see it. more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I found Aquafina very good, very humorous. Uh, it's like a lot of people, a lot of people that said it to me because when they saw the previews go, she's unattractive. And I'm like. Actually, she's very attractive to to me. I was like, "Wow, it's like, okay. yeah, she's she's an attractive woman." Yeah. Uh, but the funny thing is, is like I thought to myself too. While I was watching movies, like, "Why well, is not Chong with her?" <laughs> it's right. like, "Oh, okay." I guess that was the whole thing. And then, then at the very end, I could say, "Yes, they were perfect to be friends in this." She know she has known him. For like what, fifteen years or something like that. At this point, yeah, because I think it was when he pretty early on his when he arrived. So. Yeah, it was like between he he was he arrived when he was fifteen, and it was like maybe ten to fifteen years that they've known each other, and uh, they had that similar friendship. And she was always the the friend that always would get in trouble or get him into trouble, <laughs> and uh, they would have fun together. And uh, even their mutual friends would say that. And then, you know, you see that in the very beginning. It's like, oh, we grew up. I was like, what do you mean you grew up? You you dress like my mom. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the banter between them. And it's still less, even till the very end of the movie, when Wong brings them in. Yeah. And has that sit down with Bruce and Carol. Yeah. And they're, they're having that conversation because about the rings itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, welcome to the circus, pal. It's like. <laughs> And both of them too. Yeah, that's including Katie too, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I thought that was so, great bringing them into the, the the Avengers and into that world. Yeah, so we're we we know we're gonna have more of these two within the next bunch of movies that we're gonna get from Marvel. How they salt and pepper them into the to the series or the series of films that we're gonna get will be interesting because you know that there's gonna be yet another quote unquote endgame. There's gonna be something that's huge after this phase. That we're leading up to right now. And I'm curious as to what it is. But obviously we're going to get to Eternals. And we're going to talk a little bit more of that. Because when we cover that. That's going to be interesting for the fact that. That's going to unravel a bunch of other things. That we're going to talk about as well. I enjoyed a lot of. Like like I said before. It's like when Emil Blonsky and Wong. Went into that portal. It looked like kind of like the raft. Or some sort of facility. It seemed to me like they were prepping or or training for something when they do these fights. So that, I don't know. That's I, yeah, I didn't look my, that closely. My side note. Yeah, because you could see it looks like something out of uh, something that would Stark would have, or maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. Like I said, I didn't. Ross. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't dissect that. That uh, so that's cool. Yeah, I did that kind of quick. That was my eyes looking ahead and what was going to happen. Uh, but I, I love the end credit scenes, the two end credit scenes. I, I really highly enjoyed the one with Wong and Shang and Katie. That that was hilarious. I just loved it when they do uh, karaoke. And then obviously we get Saling. So I think with that, that's going to like lead into other things as well. And I look forward to that for with the Disney Plus stuff. But we're going to go more into the Disney Plus stuff when we talk about news. 
Okay. My only other couple of notes I've got real quick is just that I never saw Iron Man 3, but I was able to follow. I oh, understood okay. what was going on with Ben Kingsley. He explained it. The you know it was the, it was a little expositiony, but it wasn't bad because it it got through it. It was real quick, and and uh, he delivered that monologue so well. It didn't take me out of it at all. I, I even though I've never seen Iron Man three, I understood mm. exactly what was going on and exactly what had happened. So it was really really cool. Uh, cool. And you didn't even have to do that, even if you were a non, uh, like Marvel person you didn't you could overlook that and it just doesn't mean anything and or maybe get you involved into the mcu itself uh yeah i mean i just i just think they needed to, they needed to they needed to explain his presence though yes yeah you they know, did. because they needed to have that catalyst to get them there they needed morris to get them to through the forest which is my last one is that that drive through the forest i know it's all cgi and stuff but man it was great i thought that was a great sequence it was yeah <laughs> That's all that I've got. Do you have any quotes? Uh, just the one that I've already given. All right. All right. I have a few, and I'll go through them each. So uh, this is uh, to Katie from The Old Lady when she brings the the arrows with the uh, dragon. What are they? Dragon, dragon scales. scales on it. Dragon yeah, scales. they're yeah. on there. She's there, and she's bringing them to the people that are practicing. And she, uh, the old lady says, so you need Guang. You need to train her. And he's like, what? <laughs> he gives that a look. It's like, and then she coaches, you know, coaxes uh, Katie to go on. She goes, if you aim at nothing, you will hit nothing. Pretty much a look at her focus overall in life. You know, what her mother was trying to state with the be- in the very beginning of the movie with her focusing on jobs. Even Katie herself states it that she never finishes anything she starts. So this was something she actually finished. What she started, she learned to use that bow. She was able to do that, and she was able to do that with the dragon. Yeah, it's like, I I just love it, too. When she's doing that training montage, she goes, hey, that was tight, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, One comes from Shang-Chi's mother to Shang himself, saying the Ten Rings are stronger than anything within your universe. Meaning that we know now... These aren't from our universe. So that's something to look forward to uh, from later movies that we're going to get. One that made me laugh was uh, Shang's sister, Zhaoling, saying, did America make you soft when they were fighting on the side <laughs> of the building? And he dro- the guy falls and he's like, oh, he had that look of like, I just killed a guy. She goes, did America make you soft? John John at the very beginning when... Uh, Katie says that her Chinese is crap when they're entering the uh, the fight, uh, uh, the Thunderdome, as I like to call it. He goes, "Oh, I speak ABC," because <laughs> uh, she, you know, she couldn't really she could understand Chinese, but she can't really speak it too well. Lastly, would be uh, you can't outrun who you really are, and that was Wenwu to Shang himself. Because uh, basically, you can't deny who you are. Because you know, it, I guess. When we was thinking that Xiong, it was his destiny, you know. But yeah, that that was it for quotes for me. Uh, I just checked Instagram. I did not see any feedback. Uh, no. I didn't see anything on Facebook. So Same here. Um, but uh, with news, we could talk about the Disney Plus drops that had happened. What what were your thoughts on them? 
I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I wish we had gotten some more specific dates. That's really about the only thing that, that I've already mentioned. Moon Knight, I was a, a huge fan of Moon Knight in the 80s. I had yep. that that comic book run uh, with Mark Spector and all of his personalities. Um, and there's a new run of it going that just started a few months ago now that I, I need to catch up on. I read the first issue, but I haven't read the others. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Jason Isaacs is, is playing Mark Spector, and I don't know if there's been any other cast announcements not for really Moon Knight, for Moon Knight yet, but that's that's probably the one that I'm most looking forward to. And then, of course, She-Hulk. Mm, yeah, is, with is, Tatiana Maslany, we got a little look at Mark Ruffalo and that as, uh, I guess, Smart Hulk still. Um, and then on top of that, we get uh, Marvel Zombies, they actually mm-hmm. mentioned. Yep. I wonder uh, if they're going to be tasking, going to going to Robert Kirkman for any of that, because... Part of like the second version of that, it was started off by a different uh, writer and artist at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah, well, it was, it, the, the way I understand it is, is a different writer artist did the "What If Zombies" yes. comic, and then when they went to actually do a Marvel Zombies run, then yep. they turned to Kirkman for it. So yeah, it, and it, uh, it would be cool to see Robert Kirkman actually do it. You yeah, know, get his influence on it uh, with Walking Dead winding down. By that time, mm-hmm. he'll be able to jump into this. Yeah. Uh, we also got Secret Invasion, and we got that little side look of an older grimaced Nick Fury <laughs> with the grizzled with the with the beard. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping you know what are the options uh, of him being, uh, you know, a scroll all this time, you know. Where's the the true Nick Fury? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Uh, um, things like that just like captivated me when I watched it, and like I was on my edge when I watched it, and I had a good time. Oscar Isaac, not Jason Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Moon Knight. I had to look it up because I was, I was racking my brain going. I just said the wrong name. I'm sure I did. So. Yeah, you just said you should have just said Podameron. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming. I did not get a chance to watch the entire the entire thing. I wish I had. It just it's been so busy for me the last this weekend. It's been crazy so. for me too. But the fact that we get all this cool stuff that's really what matters, and that's what we're here for. And I'm sorry, panelers, if we've been away for a while. Life's been getting a little bit crazy. And with the holidays, I'm pretty sure it's going to get crazy with you guys as well. But we will be back. We will be back for uh, definitely with Hawkeye and covering that. And we will bring be bringing that to you weekly. So so uh, with that, we should move right along into podcast recommendations. So I was a guest on Wilhelm, uh, which is yep. a podcast right here on the Next Level Podcast Network. Ben and I discussed our favorite uh, Westerns. So that was a fun conversation. It's uh, just about 48 minutes. I think I listened to it uh, the other day. So it's a nice little short one for you. If you want to uh, check out the Wilhelm podcast right here on Next Level. And uh, like I said, there's a bunch of us on. There's a bunch on there. I did war movies a while back and now did done Westerns. And we talked about some future projects that we may do as well. So, yeah, I, I got to listen to that. I thought it was really cool. I really liked your picks and I liked what Ben had put in for uh for his other picks too, I forget what he calls them. Uh, honorary mentions. Honorary mentions. Honorary, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I highly recommend that as well. Uh, the only other one I could actually recommend something that I've been listening to recently, and somebody I'm hoping to grab on as a guest to interview for Adrenaline Cinema podcast, and she's not really in cinema. But she has been in the wrestling ring. That would be my friend who I've known over the years, Jasmine St. Clair. 
yeah, she's that girl in the 90s before the internet. She was an adult film star, but she went into ECW wrestling, TNA, whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, she has done regular straight streamed films, so comedies, things of that nature, and has been seen on TV. But my, my focus with her would be more of the wrestling aspect because that gives you the adrenaline. But uh, I, I've been listening to her crazy train that's with a k crazy with a k crazy train and it's about her life from the 90s and how she started her career and then where she is now and you could hear her tell her story so uh, i really found it interesting i'm hoping to have her on so we could talk and just have a good time talking about her uh experience with ecw wrestling back in the day because that what gets your adrenaline going than wrestling man so <laughs> uh, YouTube recommendations? Uh, well, the Grim Life Collective, <laughs> Michael and Jessica and I have been not really encountering each other while, like, Steve and I were in Hershey. They were in, uh, of all things, Sleepy Hollow, New York, where I could have been to meet them. And then the following week, they were actually in, uh, I believe, in Connecticut and a few other places, and we were just missing each other. But... They went to a lot of haunts and places that were crazy. I actually went to, uh, this past weekend, I went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts, and I had a good time. I needed a getaway just to walk around, clear my head, because with all the stress and everything, you just need to have fun. So I went and I, I went to where they had done location shots, like the Museum of Witches, uh, the park where they had everything. Pretty cool and interesting. They did a couple of Halloween festival things there too as well. So I suggest checking them out for, you know, with the Grim Life Collective. So check them out there Very on cool. YouTube. As far as us, you can hear us on any of your podcast player of choice, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or like I said, wherever you get your podcasts uh, downloaded and get them into your ear holes, we are <laughs> available there. If there is a rating, we would love to get a five-star review. We love five-star reviews. We love wordy reviews. Whatever you can, we would love uh, to hear from you. You can check out our website. It's panelstopixelspodcast.com. We also yep. have a Facebook group or Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash panels to pixels. That's probably the easiest place where you can, you can uh, interact with us, but we also have an Instagram account now, which is panels to pixels podcast on Instagram. So you can check that out as well. We have an email address, which is panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube page, which is panels to pixels podcast. Yep. And next up, uh, Hawkeye after the Thanksgiving break. So we'll be coming back. So we'll create a post on our Facebook page and our Instagram page, as well as our Twitter page. That way you guys could actually leave some sort of feedback there, as well as our email account. And then that way we could uh, respond to that and get your thoughts on the particular episodes if you're there. So Excellent. With that, uh, where else can listeners hear us? Steve? Well, I send voicemails to various podcasts when I get the chance. Gosh, again, life has just been so busy, but I'm still uh, <laughs> trying to do the best I can to get uh, voicemails out to uh, to Strange Indeed and to other other podcasts, uh, various podcasts that are out there. Did you leave a, uh, one for Strange Indeed for the most recent episode of Dexter? Yes. I got my live Steve in for Dexter New Blood. Uh, awesome. Storm of 
F, um, and uh, <laughs> as well as the the latest Lock and Key episode. So um, I'm keeping up with those on Strange Indeed. So check that out. That's on Podcastica.com. Yep, exactly. And well, I can be heard on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. So I've already mentioned it. We, there we cover action films, adventure films, suspense films, anything that gets your adrenaline going. Uh, coming up next, uh, we just put out Logan's Run with uh, Jerry at the helm. Uh, next up will be Lara and myself talking about The Fifth Element. And after that, we're probably going to move on to... Pretty funny. Duel <laughs> with our friend Jeff. Oh, very cool. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, I, I didn't have it slated or listed up. But yeah, we're going to cover the um, Steven Spielberg movie Duel, which was made for TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, uh, I'm looking forward to that because I haven't seen that. It's from 1971. Yeah. So apparently I went into the 70s <laughs> with Jerry. <laughs> and then I went back into the 90s. Now I'm coming back and into the 70s again. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll get you some more content out there. I'm kind of like the fifth element's going to be the last one that I've already had recorded. Uh, Jerry and I kind of pushed this one out kind of quick with, uh, I, I believe, with Duel. This will be the most recent one that I've recorded. So hopefully I'll be up to date and hopefully I could get them out weekly or if not bi-weekly. So that way you guys have something in your ears because I really do enjoy my movies. And I'm looking to do something more new. So if you guys have anything, just go to Adrenaline Cinema Podcast at gmail.com and just send in a movie that you're you're interested in us covering. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve. And I'm Mark. And this has been Panels to Pixels, and we'll see you on the next panel. Good night. Good night. <laughs>